from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Coming right up, it's hashtag Taiwan highlights and in the spotlight. But first, we kick off today's show with a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us right now on our Facebook live stream, today is Wednesday, February 24th. Otherwise, if you're joining us on the radio, it's in the future already. It's now Thursday, February 25th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today, we've got Natalie Tso. Hello. And Leslie Liao. Hello. Up next, we'll be telling you about uh, some Taiwanese Netflix content you can binge if you're looking for something to watch. Uh, also, we'll be telling you why watching too much Taiwanese content, or any content for that matter, can be really devastating on your eyes. I'm telling you the story of a Taiwanese woman who has had serious eye damage after a recent binge. And we'll also be telling you about uh, a new Taiwan studies sort of program set up at an American university. All that coming up next. Please stick around. Well, as in many parts of the world, uh, Netflix is big business here in Taiwan, and a lot of Taiwanese content, more than you might imagine, is getting put up on there. That's right. Well, you know, there's a great website called TaiwaneseAmerican.org, and they have ba basically curated all the Taiwanese content uh, into a big list with all the trailers, so you might want to check that out. I'll put the link um, right uh, here below. Right, and the great thing about Netflix is that uh, if you need them, there's usually subtitles available in several that's languages. That's true, that's true. So, um, well, there's one that I know that Leslie has watched called mm. The Victim's Game. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, I saw that one. That one, I saw that one, what, last year? I think May? That was a, a crime thriller, actually. Mm. And uh, it was, uh, for what it was, it was pretty good. I think the production value was quite impressive. Um, I think we we get a certain image of when we say Taiwanese produced television series. <laughs> there's there's a number of things that can go there, on in your mind. There are some very cheesy soap operas. Um, not only that, but the, like the variety shows. Oh you no, know, they have the live guy with the, doing the rim shot on the on the um, the drums all the time. Like, but I'm. All yeah, or there's lots of like boing sound yeah. effects. It's and kind then, of yeah. You don't really think of something like uh, you know House of Cards or something that's it's, like really well on domestic TV. Yeah, it's very rarely. It's uh, highly well produced. It's it's a uh, it's what what do you call it? It's a grab bag of yeah. all sorts of entertainment. But I think when it comes to Netflix, they must have a certain standard, uh, right. especially when it comes to what they well, get to show on their I platform. I think they have money. That's the other big difference. That's right. They I got. Think we do two things well: travel shows we do well, and then uh, like uh, like there are some series on like our public TV station has very good dramas. Like they're filmed not PTS, with, yeah. yeah, not with like the bad lighting and poor delivery that you normally get. The um, I think in the past few years, yeah, PTS they partnered with like HBO they're really to bring good. you a few a few of these high production shows. Anyway, I I got off track. Victims Game is a crime thriller, and I think it was it was. 
I watched it over the course of like two or three days, and um, it has Zhang Xiaoquan. I can't remember what his uh, English name is, but he plays an autistic detective, and um, he's very, very good at what he does. Right, um, people with high-functioning autism yeah. are usually very good at what they do. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was just, it, it follows him on this path. And there's a reason why he gets so invested in a certain case. And I don't want to spoil anything. because <laughs> You spoil something on the internet these days. It's, it's, mm. it's going to be bad news for you. So you would recommend it? I would recommend it, um, given if you have some spare time. Why not? So it's pretty suspenseful, would you say? Yes. Every episode ends on a cliffhanger. But I don't know why they do that, because it's not like... You have You're to wait till anywhere. next week, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like I can just press the next episode button. Well, that's what go. they want you to do, though. <laughs> yeah, press the next ep- that's episode. That's exactly you know that's that's right. what they want you to do. Well, you know, there's another one that became quite famous. It's based on a video game called Detention. Right. Have you guys heard of that? It's a period piece, as I understand. Right. It's a historical. So it starts. Um, the series opens at Greenwood High School in 1999. A transfer student enters a forbidden area of the school, and she encounters the ghost of um, a person named Raising Fong, who reveals the hidden history of the school over the past 30 years, where a group of students and teachers were persecuted as they fought for freedom in the era of censorship. So that sounds pretty exciting. That one's based off of the movie, and the movie was set in the 80s during... I think a sensitive time in town. It was during, during the white terror, right? The martial yeah. law Right period. when it was being lifted, actually. Well, 87. It was yeah. lifted in 87. So so uh, apparently it's quite scary. I haven't seen it. I, I don't do scary movies. I don't do scary movies either. I'm thinking if about doing detention. Uh, it's probably really good. If you've seen any of these Taiwanese shows, you can let us know. There's also a Taiwanese tale of two cities, which compares uh, two Taiwanese girls, one living in... Adults in Taipei and one in San Francisco, and I think they switch places or something. It's like the Parent Trap, something like that. So <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> so it's a little bit more lighthearted. There's a new one called Little Big Women, and um, you can really taste uh, the matriarch um, energy, you know, in this film. And they have to deal with a loss in their family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, that that one gave. Uh, what was the who's the big winner? The big actress winner at uh, the Golden Horse Awards this year. Oh. I missed that. Is it uh anyway, uh she won best actress and best supporting actress and she's had an acting career of over like 40 years and this was the first time she won. She starred in that movie and apparently that that was the movie she got the Oscar for. So you you we're talking about an Oscar yeah. winning movie. I mean not I'm sorry, not Oscar. Uh, Golden Gold. Horse winning movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like in her 80s, is it? What? Yeah, or no, I, or, I mean, she's really old. She's I mean, pushing, not, I shouldn't put that way. She's pushing but. 80, I think. Yeah, so she's like, she's been doing she's this like for many Taiwanese decades. Betty White. Yeah, yeah uh, and she's I think amazing. Betty White's 90. Yeah. She's yeah. amazing in this movie. There's also another movie called A Son, which won a lot of awards mm. at the Golden Horse Awards. So, um, yeah, it begins with an act of violence, and then... Um, if I don't... Well, it has to do with, I think, the, A Son... Who's kind of gone? Well, that's the title. Rebellious. <laughs> well, the sun is a. Uh, the, I like those straightforward titles. Sun. <laughs> it tells you exactly what the movie well, is about. Well, no, the sun know. is the sunshine sun that we're talking okay. about. But anyways, it was you know, really um, critically acclaimed hmm. as well. Um, yeah, that one's on the Oscar shortlist for best foreign feature. Really? I think. Yeah, that w- that was that that one's getting a lot of uh, attention, but it's on the shortlist. Whether or not it gets the nomination. That's a big. It's a. Yeah. It's another thing to be seen, but we'll you find know, out soon, right? People like I to get excited. So. I wish they would make a Taiwanese version of Nailed It, which is my favorite Netflix series. What's Nailed It? It's people who can't bake, 
competing to in a baking competition oh. and they're all terrible oh. are you serious of, yes, they're all it's, terrible it's, I love it they, you can see the disastrous like they're giving impossible <laughs> challenges and uh, I wish they have many international versions like a Mexican and a French version and I wish they had a I wish they would make a Taiwanese version of that I, w- I would love to see it that sounds really interesting. Isn't anything like the Great British Bake Off? Except like people who do not know how to bake at okay. all. So because the, the results are always disaster. Well, some people actually improve a lot, but like... <laughs> really... That takes a lot of courage to get on to, public Well, well because the winner gets $10,000. So. Wow. So if you get lucky, then... So you can, you know... Then you should it's try, fun. John. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that's what I wish they would make. I, I swear I wish they would make... Um, yeah, so that's what's going on in Taiwanese Netflix land, Ooh. apparently. Don't watch too much Netflix, though. Uh, a Taiwanese woman recently started getting what they're called eye floaters and also seeing, like, flashes in the corners of her eyes. That's oh. after she binge-watched, it says, 50 episodes of a Korean drama in a single day on her cell phone over the recent Lunar New Year holiday. 50 episodes? In succession? What? Yeah, in a day. Oh my god! I'm not sure how long a standard episode is like. If it's a mini series, it's if probably it's like a ten minute or if it's fifty a, episodes. If, if it's twenty minutes, then that's like twenty four hours, twenty some hours. Wow! No um, wonder. So yeah, uh, she Something started seeing wrong. like her vision got less clear. She started seeing little black dots drifting through her vision, and so she went to the doctor. And apparently, she is not alone. Uh, in a press release, the director of the um, health ministry's Taipei Hospital, the, at, uh, their ophthalmology department, uh, Dr. Lin uh, <laughs> Renjie, said that uh, he's seen lots of patients suffering from this just after the Lunar New Year holiday when everyone was staying up late watching, binge-watching shows and playing video games. So what did you guys binge-watch? Did you binge-watch anything? Um, I watched a show about mediums. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, that sounds... Contacting the spirits Really? Beyond. An Asian... Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it was, a, I think, a European or American show. It's called, like, Life After Death or something. Surviving Death. That was the one. Surviving. It was kind of creepy. Um, it's about, like, reincarnation and stuff. Anyway, uh, so that's what I did. But that's only, like, eight. That's not 50 episodes. There were only eight, I think. Yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to find a series with 50 episodes to begin with. That's true. Well, the Korean dramas can probably, they've probably been filmed over years. That's true. Um, you know, it's like the, the, the classic, like, I don't know as the world turns that goes on for like decades you know um anyway uh the doctor says that uh it, most of these vision problems are caused caused by just aging but in recent years with screen time uh the average age of patients has fallen quite a bit and uh you know it can if it's a serious it can this can lead to a permanent vision loss Oh, um, that's so, very serious. Yeah. Um, the ways to combat this are, I don't know how you would do this. Uh, I guess I have to look it up. Uh, do eye exercises for five to ten minutes. Like, what do you do? Like, what do you do? Like, roll your eyes up and down, <laughs> like left and right? One, two. <laughs> feel the burn. Um, yeah. Uh, however that's done, that's what is recommended, five to ten minutes. Also, allowing the eyes to relax after you use electronic devices and... Uh, other things that help are placing cool or warm compresses over the eyes or mm. gently massaging them. So. Oh, that's good. You're supposed to take a break every half hour, supposedly. Yeah. From your screens. Like, get up, walk around. <laughs> it's kind of hard with... It's, I mean, even now, I'm looking at a screen. Well, and you lose track of time as well. That too. You get Especially, sucked in. That's yeah. That's true. Well, let's say hello to some people okay. who are um, writing in. Rashid Nas says hello. To everybody, Jen Delari does as well. And she says, um, 
thank you for all the suggestions on what to watch on Taiwanese Netflix. I just recently obtained a VPN service Ooh. and have been watching stuff from the UK, Australia, and especially Canada. Never thought to point it to Taiwan to see what's available there. I Just wonder what? if they have the movie about the person who forgets Valentine's Day. Oh, that sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> that sounds like a horror movie. Has that happened to you before? No, but I can think of what happens if I do. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, dear. Also, um, Radhakrishina Palai says hello from India. Muhammad Danish says hello. And Joshua Buendia says hello ah. from the Philippines. And Debashis Gope says hello. So, hi. Good wishes. Hello there, everybody. All right. Well, this is something that I wish we had when I was at my university. Uh, I have a, I got an East Asian Studies certificate. And uh, basically, Taiwan was a footnote in all of that. Is that what your degree That's is? That's what in? you majored in. No, no, no. It's just oh. like a thing that I got. I a majored certificate? In Chinese and it's like on top of that. Like what did little, you do? Just take a certain number of East Asia related courses. Well, good for you. But no, it's like Chinese and Japanese is my majors. But um, oh, wow. Taiwan was no like, wonder. we took like a, you know, history of East Asia, a lot of like classes like that. Taiwan was never really mentioned much. So right. like if there, when, when it was, it's always under the, the um, subheading of uh, Chinese studies. But at, not at UCLA. No, that's right. So they have actually a Taiwanese studies program um, with the help of our Ministry of Education. And so that got set up a few years ago. But um, just recently, our foreign ministry um, donated some money so that they have a co program called Taiwan in the World. So it gives a uh, perspective on Taiwan's um, international standing, its global context. And they want to train a new generation of professionals and scholars to be bilingual and also to be able to understand Taiwanese society, history, and culture. Right. So, and we do have a lot of things that like are specific to Taiwan. For instance, like we mentioned earlier, the white terror period of political persecution, uh, the 228 incident. That's a that's 28th. That's oh, a that's holiday coming, coming up. up. Uh, none of that was ever covered in anything no, I ever did. So, right. Like, it played a dramatic role in Taiwan's history. But everyone, the focus was always on what's happening in China at this point in time. We never, it's like... Oh, and there's, there was Taiwan as well. It was kind of <laughs> one paragraph in the whole book. So I know that Taiwan is trying to work more closely with the United States to build more education exchanges and more uh, understanding of Taiwan um, in academic institutions. So I think that's especially as, you know, uh, uh, the U.S. closes some of its Confucius Institutes, and they Which are making way for more cooperation right. with Taiwan. And we should say that the Confucius Institute's a Chinese, well, it's got links to the government, doesn't it? It definitely uh, like does. A cultural and sort of uh, linguistic language course type of an institute that a lot of universities have. Right, but um, a lot of it, down. yeah, a lot of them, a lot of people think that they're just vehicles for Chinese propaganda. Mm. So some of them are being closed down, I think. So Taiwan is seeing this as an opportunity to expand um, understanding of Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And um, you can learn Chinese, the traditional Chinese characters there. You can also learn them here in Taiwan. Taiwan's a great place to learn Chinese. Did you take Chinese classes here? Uh, yeah, I did. And how was it? Um, I, if in one summer, I went back and skipped the whole year. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's like the teachers here are intense. They're very... Um, and they're passionate about making their students. Isn't that the move. whole thing, though? It's <laughs> like move on. It's about it's an intensive course. Like that's yeah. what you get. 
Yeah, but intensive, I mean, there's intensive courses in the States as well, but intensive has a completely different meaning when you're <laughs> studying here with, with uh, professional Taiwanese teachers. So here's Taiwan. my question. When you were in university, um, and you, you said you majored in Chinese, right? Mm -hmm. did, they, did you major in, uh, did they teach you simplified or traditional? I was like the last one before the cutoff. The old way used to be um, traditional? traditional first because oh. they said that uh, simplified is easier to learn after you learn traditional. But then... A lot of people who studied in China and hadn't gotten to the third year when they started teaching simplified complained, and so I think it's been changed. Now okay. it's all simplified. So yeah. Do you know both? I can like read simplified, but I couldn't write it for the yeah. I don't know like I can recognize the characters, but not write them that way. Really? They, they say it's easier to learn, but you still have to learn it. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. I mean, I, I, I don't think I can do, I can't do the switch. There are sometimes I look at a simplified character. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is that for the was, life of me? I, I can't was, figure it out. I get it. I was confused the last time I went to China, which was a long time ago, but still um, a lot of signs were difficult to read. Um, so yeah, it's good that we have, because there's a lot of Taiwan specific things that I think uh, are important to include in a well-rounded course like that, East Asian. So did you know any Chinese before you went to Chinese class in, in the States? Uh, very a few phrases. I mean, how is it learning Chinese from a native English speaker's point of view? Because we heard it at home, right? Yeah. But I'm sure you didn't. No, Did you? no, 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 <laughs> no, not at all. So how was it? Um, it was fine. I mean, it was very interesting. I enjoyed it. Um, and you learned it so well. John has really um great what intonations accent. No, no. Yeah, he's very That's talented Chinese, in learning languages. Our Taiwanese teachers were would uh point out every. Little mistake Tone. every oh. time. That's good. And you're talking would, about the ones here or yeah, yeah, in the you, states. You couldn't no here, and you couldn't move on to the next thing until you had corrected really? it. Really? So like wow. they were very. That sounds good. Sounds like my parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just saying. But no, it works. It works. I wish someone did that for me. When you when you when you do it like that, which is why yeah. You remember right? Um. So uh, yeah, we had uh, Taiwanese teachers in the states, but uh, it was a whole different story coming here and doing it. Uh, so I'm glad that they're having this uh, program. Uh, we have a we're in the world. We're here. Yeah. We exist. Right. People and at UCLA, that. right? It's UCLA a great is a university. Great school. I mean, like I said, it was a barely. I mean, it was mentioned, but like not much. Oh, so. and I have to introduce this part of Taiwan culture. This is a little lantern that we put together uh, yesterday. So these are being um, given out all over Taiwan, versions of these. These yeah. are oxes. So mm. every city, or and this is the Tourism Bureau version, yeah. they are giving these out, and you put them together. Um, so it's a lot of fun. And then you can hold it at night with a little light inside. Yeah, oh. candles are not recommended. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It's paper. It's Year paper. of the ox. Yeah, so, so we got an ox. He's got a little bird buddy on the back. That's right, a Formosan magpie. Ooh. Oh, is that what that is? I thought right. that was just a bird. So the Lantern Festival is coming up this Friday. Yes. All right, before we go today, uh, we'll be telling you why Taiwan's semiconductor company is buying up tons and tons of water. Yeah, which is really interesting because this is a pivotal time for the Taiwan Semiconductor Corporation. They're doing really, really well. Their stocks have just gone through the roof. Mm. And it's because uh, Taiwan has been doing so well during this pandemic. Productivity is through the roof as well. And a lot of countries are looking to TSMC to make chips for anything from smartphones to cars. In fact, uh, it's gotten to the point where someone was suggesting that Taiwan can start trading computer chips for vaccines. vaccines. Yeah, I heard that. Which is, Ooh. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, wow, you know. But at the same time, did you know, did you know 
What what do you think you will need to uh, to produce a computer chip? A, a good factory. An, a, good, an, a degree in engineering. Material-wise? Material-wise? Rare earth metals? You think something like that, right? <laughs> like gold, cobalt, stuff like that. But apparently they also need a lot of water, which is why Whoa. TSMC has started really? buying tr water by the truckload. Um, and that's because Taiwan's reservoirs, we're in part of, we're in kind of like a drought right now. In yeah. fact, we are in a drought. The reservoirs are, I think, like 11%, 12% in yeah. some parts of the country. Um, so, yeah, the chip maker, they have facilities in uh, Xinzhou, Tainan, and Taichung. And like I said, demand is through the roof for them right now. So they need to keep that, uh, their, those processes going. So they have to, they bought up water, lots and lots of water, apparently, which I guess you would need to uh, cool certain things. Um, and you know, not only is production through the roof, but also their, 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 their development, their research and development Ooh. is also through the roof because right now they got, um, they're doing the five nanometer and then, uh, then they're going to do the three nanometer. Then they're going to do three nanometer. Who knows Which what, amazing. soon it could be two. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe it's not just about cooling the equipment, but it's also keeping these researchers and, uh, maybe, engineers hydrated. Maybe they're just really thirsty. Maybe yeah. they are just really <laughs> thirsty. Anyway, that's what's going on. Like I looked at this article and I was just like, you really didn't think that chip making requires a lot of water, but apparently they're buying it by the truckload. Well, maybe we need to chain, exchange chips for water then, not vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. And they have so much of it. You know, you know what else? TSMC made the news, um, recently for it making the largest purchase of renewable energy in the world, corporate really? purchase. Like, so they purchased, well, I don't, I mean, whole, like 20 years worth from a Danish um, wind farm that's located in Taiwan. So, so your chips that power your computers could made, be from, made wind from wind power. power. I didn't and realize water. you can buy power like that. I didn't, I thought like, I didn't think it was just like crackers you can store in the closet, right? It was, uh, is it like 20? You buy, you, yeah, you buy a certain amount or how much the output of this mm. wind farm. Huh. So they're a leader, not only, you know, in making semiconductors, but also using renewable energy there to make go. them. So Ma I think that's pretty cool. Made in Taiwan. Hey, we have a lot of people saying hello to Leslie. By the way, Leslie is joining us today. On Wednesday. <laughs> we I will noticed, be so, on Wednesdays. So that's exciting. So uh, Mickey Lynn says hello. Also, Jason oh, Stevens has been leaving some comments. Like, what's 20 years worth of power equate to? Yeah, he's just like, I, I'm, I'm trying to visualize question. what 20 years of power is. Yep. Uh, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is it something you can put in the pantry and just save it for later? I don't know. Roll it up. Anything else? He says, hi, Leslie. You looked fierce in your Facebook post the other day. I will never owe you money. Oh, yeah. I had a picture of that I posted on my fan page of just me looking really mean. <laughs> you looked and like then, you were about to hit someone with a lead pipe. I just, I, don't, I was just standing there. I was zoning out. And then my brother just took a picture. And I was like, when did you take that? He was just like, three minutes ago. I was like, three minutes ago. I was thinking about Cheez-Its, man. <laughs> I was thinking about Cheez-Its. So I why was I looking like that? You looked like you were coming to collect a... That's what, yeah, that's what it looked like. You looked hungry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. Thanks to all who joined us on Facebook Live and left us comments. We love reading those. All right. Well, I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Natalie So. And if you're joining us on the air, don't go anywhere just yet, because coming up, it's hashtag Taiwan, highlights, and in the spotlight.
Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. In this week's Hashtag Taiwan, I'd like to ask you a question. Are there any foods that you don't like and you want to banish into a void of non-existence? Well, if so, then this week's Hashtag Taiwan is just for you because we're discussing the foods that people don't like. This coming up next on Hashtag Taiwan. Don't go away. Tis the season for social media challenges. That seems to be the case in Taiwan at least. Over the past month, I've done hashtag Taiwans on two popular challenges. There was the write a sentence with built-in audio challenge where people tried to use words to elicit sounds. Then the misspell my name challenge last episode. Those challenges dealt with sights and sounds. This week's challenge deals with taste. People in Taiwan are sharing foods that they don't like. It's called the hashtag 世界上不该存在的食物 challenge, which means hashtag foods that shouldn't exist on this planet challenge. I mean, talk about going nuclear. You're not even trying to accommodate other people's tastes. You're straight up saying these foods should not exist. I mean, I personally have problems with pineapple on pizza, but that doesn't mean I go around ridiculing people for loving it. Well, actually, that's not true. You know what, this challenge is alright. So what kind of food do people hate in Taiwan? For one, a lot of people dislike sanse dou, which is a chopped corn, carrot, and pea medley. It's a vegetable combination common in Taiwan used in school lunches and boxed meals. You can usually find them in the frozen section. I mean, I don't mind it, but man, people act like it stole their lunch money in the third grade. William Ingwei Xie included a screenshot from a news report that said the medley was a children's favorite. He called it fake news and included the hashtag we're talking about today. However, without a doubt, the most commonly despised food is cilantro. I don't know if it's common in other places, but this doesn't come as much of a surprise to me. People in Taiwan are very opinionated about cilantro. Heck, someone online is even trying to sell a shirt that says, if you eat cilantro, you'll die. Apparently, there's a scientific reason for all of this. Many studies have shown that a hate for cilantro might be genetic. People with a certain gene may register cilantro as having a soapy taste. I don't have that gene. Or do I? Maybe I just like eating soap. Here is one post that got me really concerned. Ma Youqian says she doesn't like green vegetables, carrots, mushrooms, vegetable-type melons, peppers, taro, woodier fungus, and of course, cilantro. I mean, I hope she gets enough dietary fiber is all I'm saying. You know how people say you learn something new every day? Well today, I learned something horrific. Chen Shi said the food that shouldn't exist is pineapple wood-ear fungus stir-fry. Pineapple wood-ear fungus stir-fry. At first, I thought this was some kind of sick joke. I thought this person was just coming up with the gnarliest food combination they could think of and putting them together in a way they should never be joined. And then I got curious and found out that this dish is actually a thing. Yes, pineapple wood ear fungus stir fry is real, ladies and gentlemen. And here's my reaction when I found out. Oh, 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 you put ginger and garlic in it? Oh, that's so wrong. Oh, and you make it spicy, of course. Why wouldn't you put peppers in there? This is so much worse than pineapple on pizza. Oh, this was a mistake. Just finding out about this was a huge mistake. Oh, some has me eaten it. Oh, that's... No, can't do this. Oh, oh. Anyway, this week we have an insider connection because Jessica Cheng, the woman who edits our show, participated in this week's challenge. She said she doesn't eat sweet peppers, bitter melon, or eggplant. I mean, bitter melon I get, but sweet peppers and eggplant? 
So with the addition of this latest challenge, we now have challenges that deal with sight, hearing, and taste. I'm going to go ahead and guess that the next challenges will deal with smell and touch. Are we going to have a challenge about smells that make us nostalgic, like how camphor oil makes me think about my grandma's house? Oh, or maybe we'll make a list of things that you touch but are underrated, like a warm pile of laundry on a cold winter evening. What do you think? What might the next big social media challenge in Taiwan be? And that just about does it for this week's Hashtag Taiwan. I hope you guys enjoyed this inside look at what people in Taiwan don't like to eat. What are some of the foods you don't like? You can always get in touch and tell us and share with us your ideas. You can find us on YouTube at RTI English or Facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider. If you're a fan of Hashtag Taiwan, I highly encourage you to check out the video versions and also take a look at Taiwan Insider, which is our weekly news magazine. Anyway, until next week, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. I'll talk to you again soon. This is Highlights, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Now with us is Leslie to tell us about the biggest animal story of the year. That's right, guys. I'm here to bring you a story about uh, pandas. Oh, they're, I love pandas. They're notoriously shy, and it's really hard to get to them to mate. Mm -hmm. So it's always a big deal when there's a baby <laughs> panda born. That's In fact, you could say true. it's absolute pandemonium. Pandemonium! <laughs> All right, let's have a look. A star was born on Sunday afternoon at the Taipei Zoo. After five hours of labor, panda mom Yuan Yuan gave birth to a female cub. Yuan Yuan picks her cub up with her mouth and holds her in her arms. The cub weighs just 186 grams. Unfortunately, Yuan Yuan slightly injures the baby during the embrace. She has a cut on her shoulder bone that veterinarians quickly treat. Yuan Yuan is exhausted from the birth, so the vet has taken some of her milk to feed the newborn cub. The vet wipes the cub's mouth and feeds her and tries to get her to make a bowel movement. The new panda cub is now in an incubator. Taipei Zoo spokesperson Eric Zhao says the cub just drank 18 milliliters of milk. She's able to nurse and is actively looking for food. He says the baby cub is safe and healthy, so everyone need not worry. Both of Yuan Yuan's pregnancies were through artificial insemination. They've tried every year, and this year she got lucky. Both times, Yuan Yuan also accidentally injured her baby, so they had to be separated from her during the first month. It's not easy being a mama bear. Here, Yuan Yuan is experiencing labor pain ahead of the birth. The panda cub will say hello to the public when she's about six months old, an event that's likely to draw a crowd. In the meantime, the zoo hopes the public can help give her a name. Now, do you see how adorable that panda was? Like, <laughs> so, so cute! cute. She so knew, she knew, right? She, she was selling it big time. <laughs> but she also needed a name, and you can't call her Boo Boo Wawa like I do all the time. And uh, the Taipei Zoo turned to the internet for some help. Have a look. Taipei Zoo's newborn Yuanbao is only about two months old, but she's already a media darling. Yuanbao spends most of her time sleeping in suckling milk. Last week, the panda cub still didn't know what her name was. Yuanbao, or Zozo. Now it's official. After an online vote, the public chose Yuanbao as the baby panda's name. When Yuanbao is not sleeping or drinking milk, she likes moving around and stretching her legs. The panda cub is neither playing cute nor doing exercise. It's all because of her claws, which are getting longer and longer each day. 
Taipei Zoo spokesperson Eric Cao says that when Yuanbao moves around, her claws sometimes get stuck among bamboo leaves. Pandas have five toes on each leg, but the two front legs have an extra toe called a fake thumb, used to grab tea leaves and other objects. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and today I really feel honored to be speaking with Aline Bai, who is a project manager at the American Megatrend Bios Company. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, I you know I'm not techie, so <laughs> I, I can't even say these things right. But anyway, um, Aline is from Taiwan, though, and um, she graduated from. Uh, Minchuan University just four years ago, and uh, she was in actually in China for the last three years, and she's been back in Taiwan for a year, um, and um, she's been thinking a lot, doing a lot. <laughs> she um, actually a lot has changed in her life for the last what maybe a, a year or two. Yeah. She's now a minimalist, environmentalist, and a vegetarian. And I'm really curious about why and how she became all that. And so let's meet Eileen. Hi, Eileen. Hi, Shirley. Yes. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, you actually graduated from Minchuan with a major in business management, was it? Yeah. Right. And then uh, after graduating, you went to China. Why China right away after graduating? It's like um opportunity that just came, so I just seized the opportunity because I wanted to like try something new. I knew that I would wanted to go abroad. I'm not sure like where exactly I wanted to go, and this just opportunity just came, so I went there, and I learned a lot when I was there as well. You mean not just about a job, but about the country and uh, the the environment and the people. I mean, yeah. have you been to China before this? Uh, yeah, I did, I did, but it's just for short term, like. I don't know, like、uh, five days or something. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think about China? Wait, you were in Shenzhen. Yes, it's a very、uh, flourishing、um, city, actually itself.、Yeah. The place where I lived, it, it was totally different from the city center. I would say. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah, it's like、um, in the suburb area. And it's just full of people and people from like different places in China and like different kind of education level and stuff like that. And yeah, you you sometimes feel very overwhelming when you are there because、uh-huh. yeah, you just see it's like totally different from the life in Taiwan. And you just see like factories everywhere and air pollution and stuff like that.、Mm. So yeah, it's it's quite different. And if you go to the city center, it's also Quite different because you see like skyscrapers everywhere, and not not like Taipei. When I come back to Taipei, I only see the only one skyscraper <laughs> is Taipei One Hundred One, right?、Okay. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I feel like it's quite yeah, it's quite different. So you just、mm. yeah, it's quite overwhelming. Because you are a、mm. city girl, right? Yeah, I am. How long did it have to take you to get into the city from where you were working? Um. So where I was working, it took. Maybe like fifteen minutes by taxi to get to the metro, and then from the metro it's probably like forty minutes to get to the city.、Oh. So yeah, it's around like an hour. About an hour. Yeah, yeah. about an hour. Oh, I see. That's、yeah. not too bad, I guess. It, yeah, but but did you have time you know, to get into the city though? Not really, because I was working like six、uh, six days a week、uh-huh. and about like twelve hours a day.、Uh-huh. So it was. 
Yeah, it was pretty tough at the beginning. But you hung out for three years. Yeah, so I was like trying to trying to arrange my life, trying to do like work life balance. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the thing that helped me to do that it was dancing. It was something that oh. like a yeah, it's like lifesaver for me. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, and I heard that you actually took up salsa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are there a lot of people in China that's learning salsa? Yeah, actually, actually, yes. Really, yeah. the the older people or the younger generation? Um, like the age range, it's it's quite variety. All right, so then you came back to Taiwan. Now, when did you start having this mindset of like you know caring about the environment and becoming a minimalist and vegetarian? I mean, how did that all happen, and uh, why? Um, so it all started when I I think the first seed. That started to grow in my mind. It was、uh, when I went to Bali the first time.、Mm. Um, so I went on a vacation by myself. I、oh. went there. Yeah, when was that? Yeah, it was like two or three years ago. Right. Yeah. Everyone imagine like the beautiful beach and like sunrise, sunset in Bali.、Mm. So I went there, and then I saw the sunset. It was very beautiful, but I also. So there were like some spots on the beach.、Mm-hmm. So I took a picture and then I posted on Facebook. And my friend just asked me like, "Oh, what are those? Are those birds?"、Uh-huh. And then those spots, said, right? Yeah. And then I said, "No, it's those are plastic." So that's the、oh. that's the time when I actually have like concern about like how selfish are human beings right now. And yeah, and also when I went surfing. Um, when I come out from the water,、mm. I just feel like there's stuff like around me,、mm. and I didn't really know what that is. I thought it's like jellyfish,、oh. but actually those are plastic. Oh, so yeah, so it's like oh my god, like I don't know what human beings are doing to this environment. You went surfing in Bali, you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of garbage. Yeah. So what did you decide in your mind? So like first, I just wanted to try something small, by like doing beach cleanup of stuff, so that I can I can actually help the environment. So、mm. yeah, so the first time that I do beach cleanup was in Hong Kong. You you joined a a, a beach, beach cleanup, cleanup Hong Kong. activity. Oh yeah, in, in Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Yeah, Shenzhen is very close to Hong Kong. I went to the beach in Hong Kong and I did the cleanup and I thought like oh. There were just so many plastic, like so many garbage that we created, but like we are just so small that we cannot really like collect all of these. So it also made me sad. So、mm-hmm. when I went back to Taiwan from like one of my vacations back then, so I also arranged a beach cleanup. I did it on、uh, Mother's Day. Oh, you know why I did it on Mother's Day? Why? Because we call it like Mother Earth, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah.、Uh-huh. So I did it on Mother's Day,、uh-huh. and I posted on Facebook, and yeah. So like, I just like contacting people and like posting on some kind of like Facebook group and stuff,、uh-huh. and it ended up like quite well. There were like sixty, sixty, seventy people、uh-huh. came, and we don't know each other,、yeah. but we all have like the same goal that like we have to clean it and. Yeah, we are, we are like very aware of how, like the environment and stuff. Yeah, so that makes me feel very、uh, inspired.、Uh-huh. As well. Yeah. Yeah. So you started that beach cleaning by yourself, yeah. right? So then, what happened from that event? 
I'm just like still contacting, like still having contact with some other some people. Yeah. And yeah, so like still thinking about what other what other kind of event that I can do from right. there. Like for me, I think because when I was there, I saw um some family like um parents taking their kids there as well. So I thought like maybe the education from kids. This would be a very good point to start, like making people aware, because if you see kids, like even those little kids, they are doing recycle or they are doing stuff like, like I don't know, whatever that you are not aware of, then you will be like, oh wow, what am I doing? And I'm, I'm an adult,、mm, right? Yeah. yeah. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. That that's a very good thinking and and a very good direction. But how are you going to go about doing that? Educating all the kids. I mean, I think I um right now I really have to think of like a better um program or whatever, and then like go back to con- contact like elementary school teacher or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really? So you want to? This is what I thinking. You're thinking. Yeah. So you haven't like started haven't、really, the first yeah, step. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. But, but it's something you're thinking yeah, of, yeah, yeah, right. This is something educating kids. Wow,、yeah. but that's a big job, you know.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big project. Are you going to be the one teaching it, or are you going to find somebody to teach about it? I think I'm going to find a partner. I don't <laughs> think I'm like yeah. 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 So before this interview, we were talking, and I say that you you probably really need somebody else,、yeah. at least one other person,、mm. to be in on this with you. Yeah. Because it's a big project.、Mm. You know, it's a, it's a great project. It's a great idea, but to starting it, and the thing is that I'm sure there are other people in Taiwan、mm. who are also thinking the same thing as you do. Yeah. If there's a way to get you all together、yeah. and work on this, you know, it, something could come out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking. Well, you started, you know, this、um, the first beach cleaning project that you started using Facebook. Yeah. So you can do the same. Yeah. Right. I think so. Finding、yeah. someone who has the same mindset as you,、mm. and、um, and it's to start off with educating little kids about the environment. Yeah. And loving the earth. So I think it can be done. If you were to start something like that on Facebook, right? Find、yeah. somebody, not only one other person, but find a team, probably. Find a, find a team. Yes. Find a team. Yeah. Yeah. And then this minimalism—it's very interesting that uh, uh, you know I'm talking to you and you're into minimalism because my second daughter is also. She's starting it, and she even says that as a busy person as she is, because she's a nurse. Yeah.、Um, she says she wants to find time to come to my house and help me clean up my place <laughs> and minimize everything in my place. I'm going like, no, you don't want to do that. You know, it's too big a project, and I would feel sorry that you, being someone with a busy Schedule that you're going to come and help me, but、um, yeah, how did this idea、uh, get into your mind? Did you happen to study or learn about someone who is a minimalist?、Um, I think the first few moments that like came to my mind that this kind of thing came to my mind, it was、um, because of a movie. Oh, yeah,、um, this there is a movie called Into the Wild. And, into the wild, yeah,、okay. into the wild, and so this, it's a documentary. It's yeah, it's like based on the real story. Okay, yeah. So it's about like a guy. 
he was like having all these like very busy schedule and like very busy life, like a businessman or whatever. And all of a sudden, like one day, he just feel like all these things are just fake. And yeah, it's just like it doesn't help him with his life. So he just sold everything and he bought a van. Yeah, and oh, then, a van. And then, okay. Yeah, a van. And then he went to Alaska, and so like he just like trying to like live wildly. In Alaska. Yeah, in Alaska. He's by himself. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, I think I might have heard of this. I probably haven't watched that movie, but and then what happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I should say it. But yeah, oh. but yeah, it's just he ended up I don't know like died because he ate some kind of like oh. poison, oh, poison sorry. plants oh. and stuff like that, oh. and. Now I feel bad about asking I, that. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Yeah. Oh. But what he was doing while he was living is a good thing, and it's yeah. maybe a little bit extreme. It's too, I mean, yeah, it's I'm, a, now a I'm thinking extreme. about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I've never seen it, but um, but the idea is right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I know. I've. Um, I think I learned about some woman who actually produced a small bag of garbage for a whole year. Uh, oh yeah, you know, um, you know, she tried to really minimize everything to the point where she only condensed all the garbage that she she had in a year yeah. into one small bag. Yeah, you know, and I was like, how do you do that? How do you do that? But um, it can be done, right? It can be done. But it's it mean it it means making radical radical change to your lifestyle. Yeah. So anyway, so how did you start? So Minim- becoming a minimalist. I mean, where did you start? What did you do? So I think like because you started from your uh, room. Yeah, I started from my. Was that the room. first thing you did? Yeah, I think I. St- yeah, I started from my room. But actually, I've I'm that kind of person who don't really like to spend money on on things because I yeah I don't know. Oh, it's okay. just Yeah. That's a start. Yeah, you were. I mean, you grew up that way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So like, I just started with my room, and I just like. Trying to throw away those things that I like seldom use, and or maybe like give it to someone else yeah. that they would need it. Uh-huh. So yeah, so like it's it's like a better use comparing to just like throwing things away. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay, I got all that. So to become a minimalist, you start from your own room. All right, fine. But uh, you know, trying to get rid of things that you don't think you need, I'm not sure I can do what Eileen did. I actually shared about my own dilemma in dealing with things that I should throw away. So tune in next week to find out what I would actually do or not do. For in the spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. 
In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.